Hi everyone and welcome to the 79th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here yet again with Lauren. Yet again? It yet again. Like a bad thing. It's been quite a few episodes now we've had the same cute crew on here. And it's true. Yeah, we've, got, we've also got Spencer on the show and he just kind of, just he's the dregs really. I haven't even been here 10 episodes yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you've become part of the furniture. Aww. That's, that's a good thing. It's a compliment. That, no, that's not. The last time I saw someone was referred to as part of the furniture, they left in a heated storm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do that? Well, I mean, if you keep calling me a furniture piece, maybe I'll leave. <laughs> Go over to one of those other sites, you know, use my talents elsewhere, Ooh. my mouth, my ability of the voice. <laughs> Would it make you feel any better if you were the flat screen TV? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now you make me think I have a weight problem, Lauren. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh, yeah. No. So, uh, welcome to the show. If you're uh, new to the show, then um, we're we're a very friendly bunch. Um, we will talk about Final Fantasy eventually. Yeah, no, not we really. have to, Yeah, probably not. We need to warm up a bit. Yeah, we just need to warm up a bit. So, um, we've got a three segment show again for you guys uh, um, this episode. And we're going to start off with news and discussion. There's been quite some interesting stories. Uh, yeah. We were actually planning to do a different type of episode this um, this time around, but we've had to a postpone that. Yeah, it was, it was going to be amazing. Thanks, Yoichi Wada. <laughs> How about you go step down from this show and while we talk about real games? <laughs> we look like the Forbes cast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, after we talk about news, we're going to go on to the burning question segment, which is all about the big story of this month. <laughs> and then we've got a few questions this episode, which, uh, which are quite interesting. So if you're listening to the show for the first time, the show is, of course, called Final Fantasy Union. It's a show purely about Final Fantasy. But we're also part of a series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. So we do other shows. Um, Spencer's just starting up a show about the GamingUnion.net community. But we also have a show about Kingdom Hearts purely too. So if that's more floating your boat, then please feel free to check out those other shows. Um, the show comes out on the iTunes store, but also on FunnerFansUnion.com and GamingUnion.net. So, I don't think we've really got any announcements this episode. I think um, we should just delve straight into news. Yes, yeah, yeah. do it. So, we're actually going to leave the big story to last. I, I just, you know, I want to just get some other stuff out of the way first. Really soak it in. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to start off with uh, probably the smaller story. Um, in January, on the Final Fantasy Union uh, website and Facebook and Twitter, um, there was actually a big campaign going, uh, and we were a part of that. And it was to try and get Final Fantasy music um, more appreciation, I sh- I'd say. Mm. So um, there's a, actually a, um, a PR representative in the UK called Mark Robbins, and he's behind a massive campaign to try and get um, gaming music more exposure and Final Fantasy of course is the biggest one for that so he was really pushing that um, and last year we actually did pretty well but this year um, thanks to all your votes we managed to get Final Fantasy up to third place in the Hall of Fame for Classic FM what, what? which I think is pretty impressive I think it's so awesome what, what was it last year? I think it was um, I think Final Fantasy was definitely in the top 50 um, and Skyrim which came 5th this time I believe was like 300th or something mm-hmm. last year wow. so it's, it was a massive step up and if you go on the Classic FM forums and for those who don't know Classic FM is like a classic only music station in the UK um, if you go on their forums and check out all the comments relating to the pieces in, in their rank that they have there is a ton of rage <laughs> 
The uh, the classic FM uh, snobs aren't happy that video game music is getting any recognition, and they well, but, come on, Beethoven, he's he's long gone. I know. Yeah, it's a, it was like a whole debate, and it was quite interesting because you know a lot of people were saying, well, you know, the only reason it's there because of this massive campaign. It's like, yeah, well, that's not the point. It's no. it's still classical music, um, exactly. and you shouldn't just uh, be snobs about it because it's not by a famous classical composer or it's not by someone like Philip Glass. It's just this whole sort of stigma the older generations have over video games. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Roger Eppert, um, who just recently died. He actually, like, at one point said that video game will never be... Video games will never be an art form. And um, it's just... Wait, this... wait, wait. Do you mean Roger Ebert? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I was thinking... I was starting to wonder who the heck this Robert Eppert is. No, 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 no. No, Roger Eppert. Um... But yeah, um, he he basically said that it would never be it would never be a um, an art form, and um, like it's just it's just strange that you know they haven't even tried to um, get into what video games are about, and yet I think, they I just think, judge it so quickly. I think the main problem is that a lot of the older generations, especially, will see video games how they were twenty years ago. Yeah, and like if you look at gaming music when the NES and SNES were around like it was literally like the blips and bloops and I think people of our generation can still tolerate that like you know I can still listen to sonic music fine and I can appreciate what it is but I think if you're from an older generation where you're used to listening to like real instruments and stuff actually listening to that is really not nice mm-hmm. well some and people actually prefer that more than na- like current music yeah yeah um but like you know I think they don't they didn't necessarily pr- appreciate that behind all of those 8-bit and 16-bit um pieces of music there was an actual dream like if you if you listen to the orchestral version of many of the the original f- tracks from Final Fantasy 1 through 3 then they actually sound really amazing and you can see mm-hmm. what Uematsu was trying to appre- uh, trying to achieve with what he actually came up with yeah and obviously the later it's got on like Eris's theme is probably the most famous I suppose mm-hmm. um, that's the one where they really tried to push with the campaign but you know, if you listen to the um, the ones from the Distant Worlds concerts, it's a fantastic piece of music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a shame, like, um, but it's this is really like a huge step for us in terms of just getting recognition. Yeah, that video games is actually, you know, it can be beautiful and it can be. I, art. I think in many ways the film industry has struggled as well because a lot of film composers will struggle to get recognition as classical yeah, composers. Definitely, even though they're. That's all they do. I mean, just think of, like, John Williams. Like, the amount of work that that man has done over the years. It's like, you know, it, it's it's astounding. Like, his resume is so huge, and his music is so beautiful that it's just kind of like, you know, how could he ever... How could he ever not be considered a part of this sort of classical genre? Well, I mean, a lot of it's, like... It's just a lot of, like... I mean, you kind of, like, sort of... A, it's a lot of old people who are stuck with old traditions of, no, if you're not... X number of years old, you don't count to me as a real artist. You're just a guy who makes things. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you actually listen to classical music from the current generation, it's really odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're, like... I don't like a lot of Philip yeah, Glass's stuff. It's all, like, like, really that. experimental stuff, and, you know, there'll be, like, 20 minutes of silence and all this, Yeah. Like, well, you know, I don't want to say crap, but... Well, I guess that's the thing. <laughs> it's just, like, it's so pretentious yeah, and that's, annoying. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like back back when it first came around. That was like Beethoven, and Mozart composed pop music for their day. Mm. 
It's like you say that hipsters, that hipsters are only a recent thing. I think that they've generally been existent pretty much throughout our entire sort of existence. I think there's always been hipsters who are just kind of like, well, no, it's not this, it's not this, it's not that, so uh, I'm not going to like it, or I liked it before. They're called snobs. Yeah. Yeah. Or, the po- or posh snobs. Yeah. Snobs are the original hipsters. <laughs> Although they would never like to be considered that. No, um, which is why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the second piece of news we have is about the Final Fantasy X HD collection. Um, during the last episode, we it was an interesting one because there was a press conference called, I think it was um, PlayStation Vita Heaven. Heaven. Vita Heaven. Um, and basically Skronix did a massive tease where Shinji Hashimoto just went on stage and just said, here's a screenshot, it's in HD. Nick. <laughs> Please um, be excited. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, we've actually had quite a lot of information. Um, so, Square Enix announced that the HD collection would actually include Final Fantasy X Part Two HD, which Hold I think it. was a massive boost for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Lauren is especially pleased oh, about I'm that. Oh, I'm so excited! Yeah. I, th- I I think that is literally the like one of the very first things I said like when I first came on this show. It was like, you know what, 10 HD taking this long probably is 10 too. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, okay. Well, we'll we'll get to that later. But yeah, no. Like, I'm really I'm really excited for it, and um, maybe I can I can get a hundred percent again. Well, there's gonna be trophies. I know, I know. But I have to. I'm I'm getting kind of. I really now I really I hope that they do it all over again. Yeah, I really hope that they like, do a slight modification on that so you can get the hundred percent in one playthrough. Yeah, mm, no, that would you take can't work, really. Daryl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I, I well, it was only like one percent off, wasn't it? Like, I yep, figured out the 1%. hard way. Where, yeah, like you have to, you have to say no to Bevel or something, and that's yeah, why you have I to do the got, opposite. That's why I finally got the hundred percent, but it was just kind of like, ugh. You know, you know, they're not going to do it. Like, as much as it would be nice, they're not going to do it because, like, they have like you've such an easy BS excuse for that. It's like, well, you see, we had it that way so you can re-experience all the different dynamic entries of the story. No, it's one point. You say yes or no. I got to replay fifty hours. Yep. Uh, and I hate the one where you have to listen to Machen just talk. Well, the thing, oh, how I did that was, um, I just switched over to regular TV, so I just watched TV for like an hour or so, and just kind of. But you're missing out on the lore. Oh, I don't care. The story, the backstory. I don't care. If I wanted to do that, I'd read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, um, Square Enix also announced that the HD collection would be coming to Europe. That was something that they had had uh, kind of been very um, loose about up until the that announcement. So that was good. Um, it's going to be coming around the world, um, but they did announce, unfortunately, that because um, ten eight ten two is going to be included in the deal, that for the Vita version, it's going to come as two separate games, mm. which I Ooh. believe Spencer is very angry about. I I'm angry for if you live in Japan, but I've like said this quite a bit to people. Companies for Japan and the rest of the world, they act very differently in terms of PlayStation games when it comes to cross-buy. And I would not be surprised. uh, Japan, even Sony games, like, have totally ignored cross-buy, which is where you buy the PS3 version, you get the Vita version for free. I would be very shocked if they had a version of this for the, like, 10 HD, like... Whether it be you get the PS3 version and you get both, or that that's a special edition, or even if it's just if you get, like... I don't know. I, I With all the financial trouble Square's been going through, we'll talk in a bit. I'd be very surprised that they would release 
not only one but two Vita games that they're not sure how it would do. Like releasing it digitally is much safer than like printing thousands of cards for not only one but two games in HD that people might buy. I feel like people would rather buy um, a Final Fantasy Ten HD collection if it had Final Fantasy Ten Two with it. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the the size of the cards. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes obviously, sense. But but it's like just include two cards then. Don't make yeah. two boxes. Exactly. Like you've obviously done like two two UMDs before. You have sent us games with yeah, four discs before. It, it is basically seems like they've done it so they can make more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like everything they do in order to make more money just kind of backfires. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the moment, they've said that Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy X part of the experience is 70% complete, but um, X part 2 is only 50% complete. So that could push towards a late summer release. Mm. Well, I, I mean, we'll we, still, we still haven't seen any of X2. Now, now the question None. is, well, we've finally seen 10 HD. You're saying it's 50% done for X2. Why haven't we seen anything for that? Like, there's no screenshots even None. for X2. Will we see HD, the Mighty LeBlanc? Oh dear! I know that <laughs> massage scene. Oh gosh! <laughs> and the and the spa. And the spa. Oh, I'm, oh, getting, oh, I'm getting all kinds of nostalgic right now. Oh yes. <laughs> so on a negative slant, um, we don't know whether this is true or not, but a, a rumor surfaced last week that suggested that the international content would be paid DLC. Now, for those of you who aren't necessarily sure what the international content is in Japan. Every single Final Fantasy game, as long as I can remember, I think it maybe started with 7, but um, they have released two versions of the game. So they'll release the first version at launch, which is what North America gets, and then they'll release another version slightly later that improves enhancements and like extra bosses and stuff like that. And that's typically what Europe ended up getting because the release was so much later. Um, you so, lucky for example, the um, international version of Final Fantasy X included um, the Dark Aeons and Penance, and an extra scene at the end. Yeah, and uh, the American one didn't have that, but Europeans did. Um, and with Ten Part Two, there was the international version, but there, were all, there was also the last mission. Yep. The rumor is saying that if you the core package will not include any of that, no matter where you're from, and if you want to pay it, uh, so if you want to play, if you want to play it, you'd have to pay five dollars per game for the international content, and then if you want the last mission stuff for, for, for Ten Part Two, it's going to be an extra three dollars. Mm. So you're gonna have to buy the game, in theory, and then if you want to do the additional bosses, um, then you're gonna have to buy it again. Yeah. See, Daryl, it's the classic games we know and love, but now in HD, and now you can even know what it feels like to get screwed over with your money. That nostalgic feeling of importing an international edition back in the PS2 days is now brought into the PlayStation 3 generation. Isn't that fantastic? I think that's fantastic. I think it's just hilarious, because it's like, with with Europeans, it's just kind of like, you know... Well, we had the international versions originally, so really buying Final Fantasy, like if this rumor is true, buying the Final Fantasy X HD collection a is a downgrade. <laughs> so that kind of would suck. Yeah. Also, like seriously, how how do you market that? Like as any like reasonable, it's like buy this game with the DLC yeah. of the other. It stuff won't be what there. you played before. But to be fair, I honestly I would not be surprised if. Square Enix would pull something like that. The thing is, though, like, this is just a rumor at this point, but I think the only reason it's actually got any traction is because people believe that Square Enix would actually do this. Yeah. Well, 
And also because it came at, like in right after the news of it came after the whole Tomb Raider debacle. Yeah. Where they pulled content from Tomb Raider and are now selling it as DLC, and all yep. it, it's thirty bucks for Japanese voice tracks. Yeah. Is that official now? Yeah, it's official. That's they, like, like they ridiculous. Patched, they patched the game on PC and they took it out. It's it's just like it's for Japanese language. It's like okay, that's not fair. Yeah, imagine if they did a theme over here. Like I know. They, they released Final Fantasy 15, but it didn't have any English in it. Yeah, it's oh, just no, like, no. by it the way. Oh, no, no, it would be like this. Final Fantasy 7 gets finally remastered. The game comes out $60, and you beat it in, like, 20 hours. But you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't the ending. Oh, uh, yeah, DLC coming from di- for disc 2 through 4 this summer. I swear, like, Square Enix just doesn't know... I, I swear, like, they... They probably got advised at one point or or had like this brilliant idea at one point. Oh my gosh, these games are releasing DLC. We must do this. And then costumes, it's kind of like... Costumes, costumes, costumes. Well, the costumes are fine. The costumes like, are if fine. If you look at um, Dynasty Warriors, me. it's fine. Like People love that stuff. It's just the story DLC. Yeah. Like, if it's, if it's something that you don't have to have, but you can have then it's one thing but if it's something where it's like this is the actual like pieces of content like i'm not gonna buy that i'm gonna watch it on youtube or i'll I'll read about it it's it's the whole thing about um they 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 tried it seems like they tried to model it on what um bethesda and bioware had done with Mm -hmm. um oblivion and mass effect but they just completely missed the point (laughs) yeah it's like you still need to have a self-contained story that exactly. ends. You can't have DLC after that that continues the story. No. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't got a good feeling about this Yoichi Wada guy's career going down. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I, mean, I don't know what his history of the company could be like with these kind of decisions. I swear he's probably just kind of like, all right, I'm going to do every stupid thing I possibly can in order to ensure this <laughs> this company's failure and then i'm gonna peace out <laughs> okay so yeah as uh, spencer has just alluded to um segway yeah um i actually have some interesting thoughts about this but um yeah so yuichi wada has decided to step down as the president and ceo of square enix which has led to some jubilation from some quarters yeah ding um, dong the witch is dead yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> um basically Square Enix were expected to lose about three and a half billion yen this financial year. They've had to revise that to thirteen billion, which is a That's significant, astounding yeah. amount of money. But I will say that in previous, I think it was maybe two thousand and seven, they they lost a lot more. Did they? Yeah, it was when Dragon Quest Nine got delayed. I can't even imagine how like losing even like a billion yen. Well, it's. I think it doesn't when it, when you translate it over to Western money, it, it's not actually that much. Like, it's, um, it's still yeah. it's still like in the hundreds of millions. Yeah. It's like yeah. in the hundreds of millions right now. Yeah, but it's like the difference is that they can't afford to do that. Someone no. like Nintendo could afford to have losses like that and just be like, yeah. For North America and Nintendo, that's not really that big of a deal because I mean Nintendo's even lost so much money with the Wii U selling so badly and. You've heard like of them like not changing anything. They're still not releasing any Nintendo Wii U games. Yeah, and uh, Some, they're going to be shutting still down supporting some the 3DS. Wii services yeah. as well. Yeah, and well, so many people have uh, dropped out, haven't they? Yeah, they're like, nope, no Wii U content. Sorry. Um, but like the ironic thing is that they like being Japanese. I guess they they chose not to take any responsibility themselves and blamed it on all the Western games. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was very mature of them. I, I, I can't believe they did that, and I, especially after hearing um, what kind of got leaked about how they estimated sales performance. So basically, they the three major games last year for Square Enix were Sleeping Dogs, Hitman, and Tomb Raider from a Western point of view. Mm-hmm. And they predicted, even though Sleeping Dogs was kind of an under-the-radar game, they still expected that to sell between two and two and a half million. I got real beef with that, by the way. Yeah, and like Hitman, mm-hmm. I think, was four to, four, four to five. And Tomb Raider, they expected five to six million in a month. And it was just like, it came out that they deter- they used a numerous metrics to determine um, what they expected sales to be. And one of them was Metacritic scores. Yeah. Uh... And it was just like, what, what do you... Like, surely you know how much of an audience Hitman has. Yeah. Like, when has a Hitman game ever sold 5 million copies? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just to kind of show how they're doing it wrong with that, most companies will release an HD collection before a big game comes out to gauge how much it's going to sell. Yeah. Which is kind of smart. No, they released an HD collection three months after the main game had come out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, even with, like, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider had recently been, like, well, maybe not that recently, but, like, a few years back, she had already been remodeled and redone, and that game, I don't think, did no. that well. I mean, like, So just... it was just kind of like, why why would you make the deliberate choice in order to make another Tomb Raider game when it already seems like Tomb Raider is kind of faded? Well, just to put the it last, in perspective. The last big yeah. Tomb Raider game that was Legend, and Legend, like, sold, like, four or five million. Exactly. Yeah, they, they, they still sell well. They sell okay, but... It was like, Tomb Raider sold 3.6 million in its first couple of weeks, and that was deemed a failure. It's like, what other company would deem... F- for almost four million copies of a game yeah. in like three weeks, a failure. But then it's also it's pretty messed up. But then it's also kind of like you know, well, what are you expecting, Square Enix? Like you were originally a Japanese game company that released pretty much only Japanese games. So um, yeah, most of your fan base is not going to buy Western yeah. games because they're expecting it, Japanese. It, it just shows games. as well, like their reliance. Like they needed these games to sell these figures. Exactly, and they didn't. And, no. like, what does the Japanese side doing to try and um, help out? Not really anything. No. Well, you know, I, I think it's probably... They're, they're probably just, like, blaming these on, like... Honestly, I highly doubt they're that upset with the sales of these Western games. And honestly, but it's like, you can't really blame it on the uh, Japanese studio. Even though I, I, it's pretty obvious that it's they're, they're to blame. They've been funding basically a CG trailer house for the past six plus years, mm-hmm. and they've been producing zero good games at like sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, though, when we were watch- we were watching um, Arrow currently, and like the amount of times they advertise Tomb Raider while we're watching this show is absolutely disgusting. Like, I I swear, by the time I'm I would like if I didn't already have Tomb Raider, I would just be like, you know, it was Hitman before that, wasn't it? Yeah, I would it, just be like, it was like before I'm done. and after every single trailer advert break, it would be Lara Croft saying like some really cheesy line. Yeah, about how like now is the time to move but on. But it would be like a full, it would be like a full trailer, wouldn't it? <laughs> I would be so tired of seeing it that I would just be like, all right, shut up, I'm not buying this game because I'm so sick and tired of seeing this girl pop up on the screen. Like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> anyway, moving yeah. away from the rage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Wada, he's, um he hasn't actually got a full-time replacement yet, but there is an interim president in the form of Yusuke Mitsuda, and um, he is looking to get full board approval in June. 
this is going to be a very interesting time, I think, for Square Enix because it seems like he is going to be a real ball breaker. Mm. Like he's made some real statements of intent. Like obviously he's got to because he's got to try and fix the ship. And I'm sure when Yuichi Wada came on board, and just so you know, Yuichi Wada was, has been present since he he basically saw over the merger of Square Enix and saved the company. So yeah, you know it hasn't all been doom and gloom. But um, I'm sure when he came on board, and uh, you look at his legacy. I don't really agree with a lot of what he's done, but you know, before he came on board, there had never been a sequel before, uh, and then he was just like, "Let's do a compilation, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. do Ten Part Two, let's do all this stuff." And uh, obviously, Fabian over Crystallis, but um, also, it, it helped to promote games. I, I think you know, I think a lot of people appreciated Ten Part Two. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, and a lot of people. Even though some of the quality of the compilation wasn't great, Advent Children has gone on to be like a massive, massive cult hit. Yeah. Still waiting for Before Crisis. That was announced (laughs) for America, so still waiting on that. But like Crisis Core was was really good as well. Yeah, Crisis Core was amazing. And Dirge of Cerberus wasn't so great. And like Kingdom Hearts, like Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but it's like, you know, if you look at Square before and Square Enix, they're very different companies. Mm-hmm. Same properties, but completely different ways of working. But my biggest thing has always been that since Yoichi Wada has been at the helm of Square, there has not been one Japanese franchise that has come out that's been decent mm-hmm. and has had he, a lasting impact. He was just smart for actually going ahead and buying IDOS. That's yeah, probably the only thing that's actually kept that company alive the past five years. Yeah, I mean yeah. the last the last IP that's become like a, a, a big success for them out of Japan was Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and that was all and, Tetsuya Nomura's And that baby. was what like eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like that's like with sa- like we've already said like with sales like even that series is like slowly kind of sinking down. Yeah. yeah, so I mean it's not really that surprising that what's happening is happening. Uh, yeah, but yes, yeah, another thing, but. Matsuda has come on board and he's said that he's going to do a fundamental review of everything the company does and you know honestly if I was the Japanese side of the company I would be really concerned right now yeah <laughs> because they haven't really done anything no and they have all these divisions that are supposedly doing lots of different things it's and- kind of like the Japan studio is probably like every 80s movie or sitcom where the parents are out of town for the weekend the kids all throwing a party this party's <laughs> been going on for six years <laughs> and then mom just got fired now new mom's coming over. She's not going to be gone the whole weekend. She's coming home in 20 minutes. Oh, God, we got to clean up fast, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically the Japanese office. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, already, he's already made some changes. As far as I'm aware, he sold the company's mobile division because he just said, that's not where we want to go as a company. And I think he, he said that they want to focus on building back up their Japanese um, gaming side, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think he has... What he's been saying so far is what the um, the true fans of Square Enix, as in like the Japanese fans, or the fans of the Japanese side, I should say, want to hear. And I think that's a positive thing. And But I guess we'll have to see, like, as they say, the proof is always in the pudding. Yosuke Matsuda for president! Yay! <laughs> anyway, the, um, the burning question is actually completely related to this. Um, apologies for having to change it. The old burning question was about Final Fantasy XHD, and since they fully announced it, it was no longer relevant. Um, so we're just going to go and get some thoughts um, about you guys from you guys about um, Wada, his resignation, and um, what he did for the company over the time. So uh, if you want to kick that off, Spencer. Okay. Um, 
Asuka Corona said from uh, Twitter, sad to see him go, but anticipating change from uh, Matsuda. I'm not necessarily sure how often presidents and CEOs of company, like of games companies, do change over. Not but that often. It's be, re- it, for Jap- for Japan, it's super rare. Yeah, but it does it, seem like it's a good it's a good it's a good time probably for them to change because they kind of have reached a plateau and. You know, they're not really... Like, everybody's been kind of itching for a change from Square Enix. So I yeah. think now's probably a better time as any. I would I would say change. that out of all the times that I can think of that there's been a change of CEO, the company's always done better afterwards because yeah. typically, like, the Japanese mentality is really about work, isn't it? And getting improvements and seeing success. Yeah. So when they have a new person uh, come in, that is their primary objective. Yeah. If only THQ could have done that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so the next one comes from Hunter Slasher 13 on the forums, and he said, One person leaving does not make Square Enix a better company. Once they start making smarter decisions, this could change. While they're leaving could be great, but I'll hold my judgment until then. Yeah, and that's really like the smart thing. It's like a lot of people, I mean, the, the same thing goes for the whole EA with like John Rictel stepping down along the same time as uh, WADA. One person leaving, that doesn't save the company. It's well for, like, one person kind of coming back. And it's, like, it's going to take a very slow process. Like, the gears are still in motion that he's been setting over the past months and stuff. And for things to change and stop, it's it's going to take a while. And I really doubt, I'd say it would take probably at least nine months minimum till we see something really amazing out of the company from this guy's, like, direction. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the only things that might change really are... They might change what they were planning for E3. And who knows, this guy could be even worse for the company. Unlikely. You never mm. know. It's hard, you it's never hard, it's hard know. to get lower than the bottom, Lauren. Yeah. It's true, but you never know. Anyways, uh, Moses Mello on Facebook says, I'm glad he's gone. Square has done nothing but bad decisions with him in charge. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of touching on that. Like, he's done some good, but I think that a lot of what he's done has been pretty bad. Yeah. In terms of like the quality of what they've produced, it's clearly gone downhill since he's been in charge because his his main objective was trying to make as much money for the company as possible, and the way he did that was to exploit what they had. Yeah. Like you know, if you're thinking from a business perspective, Square Enix were just doing what any smart business person would do. It's just kind of like the reverse way of thinking about it. Obviously, they made their reputation for making games that were like top of their class, mm-hmm. and when things went wrong because they invested too much money in trying to do that and they made a product that just failed they had to just you have to make compromises and and that was why we saw um 10 part 2 i'm sure that wasn't initially planned when they made 10 and that's why we also saw the compilation again i'm very much doubting that that was planned from the start um but it's just kind of stuff that has to happen you know I, i don't think that a lot of it has necessarily been bad I yeah. think that the compilation has, has generally gone over quite well. Um, and, uh, you know, while people harp on about the um, the Final Fantasy thirteen franchise, you know, I, th- I think if they'd have stopped with 10 part, 13 part 2, it would have been okay. Lightning, yeah. Lightning Returns is a bit bit of overkill, but again, they're, they're just trying to recoup some costs. And if it only sells uh, like a million or two, then that's still a million or two sales that they wouldn't have had. So... I guess one way of looking at it, and I just thought of this now, <laughs> it's almost like when um, when Wada was, well, he's st- still technically it, until like June. Um, oh, but, he's not going away. He's, uh, he's sticking, well, I he's mean like around. CEO. I mean like CEO. I mean his position, Daryl, so you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but whatever the case, it's kind of like when um, 
with his whole like sort of uh, reign, I guess you could say, it's like um, he was the one who saw somebody do like the Harlem Shake, and then just thought, oh, well, these people are making a Harlem Shake and making viral videos. We could do it and make viral videos as well. And it's just like, no, no, you, you can't. I'm no, sorry. Sweetie. No, sweetie. Pat, pat. Just, just go off. But that just seems to be what it, like he's seeing. Like, oh, well, this is working for this company. This is working for this company. Like, it, it must work for us. But it just. Well, it's not. It's not even just that. It's the fact that there are the people who do that, Lauren. Mm-hmm. But it's like someone who said, "Hey, let's make a Harlem Shake video now." Mm-hmm. Months after it's been popular, exactly. And then we'll and then we'll have a two month production cycle. So sometime in June, we'll have an awesome Harlem Shake video for it. Exactly. No matter how awesome it could be, like such as like with all the lot of the lot of the recent Final Fantasy games, it's just, you have to be timely. Yeah. I mean, for example, it's like they have a lot of good ideas, like Daryl's saying, but they're just so bad at putting them <laughs> out and getting them out. It's like it was like I've been reading a lot of things with Bioshock Infinite be coming out. Like that game was in development for like almost like five years and stuff, or like five plus years. Yeah, but, it but could like be. the last, yeah, but like the last big push in development. The reason that game was supposed to come out in October and the reason it came out in March is because in that like in between that time they got a new producer in and he basically was like, "Hey guys, this game needs to come out." And a good like the, all the polish that was needed for that like came in out of six months. So if you can get like a good direction. Like, it'll help you more than anything mm-hmm. instead of just sitting around and hoping things look the prettiest they can. It's just, like, you have to be timely and original, and you can't be late. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like Square Enix was always late. Poor Square Enix. <laughs> oh, this so wasn't always don't do any. So please don't do any Harlem Shakes videos. Yeah, no more Harlem Shakes. Okay, well, um, <laughs> going on to the next one. Uh, Foxy's on Twitter said, it depends... <laughs> Well, how would you say that? I have that? no idea. <laughs> okay, you're now no, you are now going to be called Foxy's person on Twitter. Their question was: depends on the new regimen, uh, depends on the new re- regime's next move. A lot of reboots, but do good good English on this one, by the way. But do they try to salvage Final Fantasy or phase it out, a la Mega Man? Hmm. Um. I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I can't say, like, stop Final Fantasy because uh, then we probably won't have a podcast anymore, and that would kind of suck. Um, no, we would just adapt <laughs> and get more original. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we would just, yeah. We're but, doing a Harlem Shake next week. Uh, are we really? <laughs> okay. Um, On but the podcast. I think, I think that there is, a, there is probably a way to do it, but the problem is, is that you're going to have to break some eggs in order to do so. Um, I don't think they should have phased out Mega Man, to be honest. I thought it was a real shame when they well, cancelled that one project. I, I think that project cancellation was really harsh because it had so much community involvement. Exactly. But I think they were right to phase out Mega Man in a way because they were releasing so many games. It's true, well, it's true. Oh, no, the and main Final reason Fantasy they phased out Mega Man, that. that's just because Inafune left. Yeah. And he left on bad terms. Exactly. And for a Japanese company, if you don't, if they don't like you, they will lose money just because of a grudge. They are yeah. stubborn people. We look at Katamari as well. Like it's, a, it's the same kind of thing, really. Yeah. Since the guy left, like they haven't really done anything. And what they have done has been kind of crapped on. But um, they've been okay. It's just like, yeah, it's lost what's made him so special. From like, I I don't remember the guy's name, but yeah, like his original direction is clearly not there anymore. But just getting back, I don't think Final Fantasy is is over yet. I I think that there could be a future for Final Fantasy. Um, I don't know what it is. 
Well, it, it's, I just hope it's I hope it's good, but I just don't I don't think it's I don't have a feeling like it's over or it's too overdone yet. I think Final Fantasy Thirteen is overdone, but Final Fantasy as a genre in general, or as a sorry not as a genre as a series, um, it it's not over yet. I don't think. Well, I mean, the whole nature of Final Fantasy is that it reinvents itself every time, so there's always yeah. going to be scope for it. It's just whether they're able to to keep innovating and keep pushing the genre forward. Yeah. I think the problem they've got right now is that for a long time they were the leading JRPG, whereas that's not necessarily the case anymore. There have been other games that have come out this generation and even games from the previous generation, the previous generation consoles that came out this generation, like Persona, that are really pushing it. And um, while they don't have the same amount of sales and mass appeal in terms of the quality of the game... Well, hey, I yeah. mean, Persona 4 Golden has already sold more than Dragon Quest X. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's Dragon the thing Quest too. Is a- <laughs> I honestly, I think it's a good thing that there... Enough said. I think it's a good thing that there are that there are other ones. Like, imagine if Final Fantasy was just the only one, and that was just... It well, kept going. Well, for a long going. time, it, it kind it of was, was in terms of Western. I feel like now, like, since it has more competition... But that's the thing, too. Final Fantasy is so different from, like, Persona and stuff like that. Like, Persona, it's great... But, like, with Final Fantasy, it's all about, like, the music and the detail. It's basically the glamorous one. Because, like, Persona, although I love it, the graphics aren't nearly as up to par. The music isn't nearly... It's it's good for what it is. It's not the same... Lauren, I might have to argue with you on that. It's not the same kind of music. It's not this beautiful, orchestrated music or... The, I mean, I know Uematsu is not there anymore, but it's not it's not his talent that's going into Persona. It's it's different. It's but more I, pop. I, I think the other thing that Final Fantasy always had in its favor is that while there were other JRPGs out there, most of those franchises were successful because they didn't change. Mm. Like you look at Dragon Quest, they tried to change it for Dragon Quest Nine, and everyone absolutely kicked off, yeah. and they had to go back to the drawing board Don't and remake the entire game. And it's just like it's the same with Zelda as well. Like every single time they try and change a Zelda, everyone just goes mental. But then after the next one comes out, they're like, "Oh, well, we like this one." Yeah, it's like with the when the Skyward Sword, everyone's like, "Oh, Wind Waker was so crap." And then uh, what was the next one? Yeah, that came out? Like it came out, and then everybody was like, "Oh, Wind Waker's amazing. This one sucks." They just kept going on and on and on, and it's just like, "Oh my god, just calm down." Yeah. Yeah, Zelda fans. They're a weird group of kids. I'm, I'm but it's it's, it's like the that. same for a lot though. Like I think Final Fantasy, the reason why it was so popular is because it, it it kept like the core the same, but it changed so much every single game. Like yeah. the fact that they had completely new characters every single time. There was nothing consistent really, other than the battle system, which they've also evolved over time too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think no other franchise really could do that. And if you if you go back and look at some of the other. Um, JRPGs are even coming out now. Like, um, I think Sean, when he read Etrian Odyssey, was saying how a lot of people liked the game because it stayed the same every time. Yeah. But to its detriment, like they would put stuff in there that just wasn't relevant to current gaming anymore. Yeah. And you know, just making those small fixes, just like if you die, that's not game over, and if you haven't saved, you're screwed. Mm. It's just that kind of stuff that it doesn't need to be in there anymore. No. But I think Final Fantasy is just kind of like the Steven Spielberg of the JRPG genre. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you might not always like what it produces, but 
it will well, always until, be up until 12 will, everyone did it will, like it will always be top par and in its in its glory it was top par but it will always be like probably most respected so the next one comes from the ninja max and he says if wilder's departure means that toriyama never gets funding for another 13 project again i say good riddance well that is totally not going to happen because when you look at all the people who are actually like looked upon kind of fondly like uh he's pretty much one of the few ones left over there like who else over at like squared would Nomura. you kind of trust at all kataze it's a it's a it's a gr- it's a number like smaller than five. Yeah, I, the only people that I can mm. really name that have like mainstream appeal or, or Square Enix allowed to talk to people are Hashimoto, Tabata, Kitaze, Toriyama, and Nomura. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's pretty much that's too. that's like the Square Five who they have the, that they'll let out of their corporate office, <laughs> the, aka yeah. the dungeon. <laughs> and I, I highly doubt that they're kind of they they're probably going to tighten the leash on them a bit. But they're still going to give them their reins because obviously they're around for a reason. Like Square hasn't been afraid to gut people or let them go, <laughs> and they, they do produce things. They just need a better direction. Well, Tabata is like the only one really that he, he's like the newbie, and like he, he kind of reminds me of old older Square. And it's like if you think about the core group of that those five, four of them have been in that company for like twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's just really weird. I mean, because when did when did he come on recently? Tabata was, like, was it like yeah? When did I think Tabata he's been in on? there for a while, but he's only been given um, he's only received a step up, and like he's the head of the PSP or well, the the portable division now. So I think he <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be the the worst punishment. Yeah, the PSP division. I, I think he um, he was given his chance after working on Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, he's probably the one out of all the people there who actually has the most potential out of everyone. So yeah. it'd probably be best to like see let him go with the farthest. I mean, even sales wise, his games have done better than most of the other people we've mentioned. Well, yeah, because yeah. like you know, Birth by Sleep, um, Crisis Core, Dissidia. Yeah. Yeah, all third those birthday. games have been probably the most successful that they've had. Well, not counting third birthday, yeah. probably not counting third birthday now. But um. Good. Good attempt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This last one is from Tanner Lund from Facebook. He says, um, I'm not necessarily happy with his resignation, but perhaps it can be a good thing. I would like to see Square Enix moving in a better direction again. Maybe even see some new superior games. I think that's all what we're all praying for. I know. Like, well, that's ultimately what you want from any company, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's all about the games. And although, like, you know, what they do from a corporate perspective doesn't really bother us that much as long as they're producing quality games that's all we really care about i just don't want dlc anymore well I'm no story I, DLC. I like dlc yeah. it, like when it's done right you, you guys like are it too stingy about you DLC. like it when you have money to spend on it <laughs> but that's the thing if, if it's done right like it, it needs to add a certain amount to the game but it doesn't it's not supposed to be there to make you think you missed out on something mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's part of like the whole like doing it right thing. It's like I don't know. I mean, I, I, have either of you guys ever like really like? But, well, you you guys are just so hard to like, talk about DLC with with your lack of actual love for it at all. Like, have you guys ever like bought, gotten any like download kind of back? Wow, this really added to the experience. I'm glad I got this. Um, I bought a skin on. League of Legends, and you don't even need you don't even need to say if you've said the word skin that everything else is void after that point. Exactly, uh, but like I, I just don't I I don't 
I can't justify to myself spending, like, you know, $50, $60 on a game and then having the developer just be like, oh, by the way, you need to pay another $20. Like, it's like buying a washer machine, but in order to make it work, oh, yeah, you have to pay an extra amount in order to make this actually I go. Think, I think we've had this conversation before, Spence, but I think how they used to do it back, like, 20 With years ago. expansions on the PC yeah. and stuff. Like, because, like, so the example I always think of is Command & Conquer. So Command & Conquer came out. It was a fully contained game. And then they released an expansion pack where it just like added missions with dinosaurs. Mm. And it was like nothing to do with the story whatsoever. It was just extra challenges if you wanted it. And like it was the whole thing. It's always if you wanted it, there was, was extra stuff. But it didn't yeah. change the main game. It didn't make the main game any different. I think the way that I like that I like this sort of thing with DLC, if you can call it that, with the expansions. I um, I think the best way to go about it is the way that um, Assassin's Creed went with Brotherhood and the way mm. that StarCraft went with it for... Hear me out. The way that StarCraft went with it with... Um, Half the Swarm? Uh, no, Brood War. Mm. Yes. No. I, I felt... Yes, it no. felt like a sequel. <laughs> it felt like a sequel. It didn't necessarily feel like I was buying this sort of lackluster content. I was actually buying something that was... A sequel, and it was a full title. It wasn't. Yeah, I, it wasn't jipped. I think that's the kind of problem that DLC has definitely got a stigma. Even even if it's like done in the right way, it still only usually expands the game for maybe a, an hour or two, like, like three or four. Right, Brotherhood tops. was I, a I good got, title. I got a perfect example for you two. Then one of the like two companies that do DLC probably the best. Don't out there say Gearbox. Be, no, I'm not going to say Gearbox. <laughs> They've been getting better, but they're not perfect at it is Bethesda, and then even better would be Rockstar. Rockstar is somehow mastered DLC. Like, when have they yeah, ever put out actually, any form of DLC that I would was say such, that like, kind of meh? GTA 4 probably did it the best. No, actually, I, well, I was Red thinking Dead about that, well. and then I came up with a Red Dead, for $10, you got a whole, like, 10-plus hour campaign. And that's yeah. the thing, though. Whole but, new multiplayer. But that's the thing. The, the stuff that Rockstar did was good enough that they could actually produce it, uh, release it as a boxed product. Exactly. I think Can, that's yeah, the best but there was still the option, product. though, to like pay like $10 and you could still get it on its own. No, I mean, but that's what I'm saying, though. It was good enough that they could put it as a box product. And, well, they do do that with a lot of DLC now, which is, I've no, been finding don't. weird. But Not Square Yeah, Enix. they actually, like, for, like, they did that with, like, Ellie Noir's DLC. They did it with Borderlands 2 DLC, like, recently. They've been doing it with a bunch of games DLC. It's very I've odd. I've never seen anything like that. Maybe it's only in America, but yeah, they keep putting them like in box versions, like whether they actually include a disc or not. But they've been doing the same thing as Undead Nightmare ever since that came out. I yeah, I haven't really seen anything like that. But like, um, but that, I think that's the problem. They're like, yeah, Undead Nightmare was basically like a full game. Yeah. It 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 did what it needed to do. It enhanced everything and that like was came before it as well, probably. Yeah, like um, it just that's the kind of thing that where it's do- if it's done right, like because I. I actually bought the boxed copy of Undead Nightmare because I thought it was good enough to warrant having. Because you know what I mean? I, I think that's actually kind of a good thing, though. Like the more DLC actually feels like its own full game, as long as the options kind of there, it, it's it should be warranted. It's like, like why can't we like say Final Fantasy X came out in two thousand and ten, and then ten two was released a year later on disc, but you could also pay twenty bucks and you could just download it onto your copy as as well as DLC. Yeah, I think that's like fine. that would like that like that could have been just as warranted and stuff. 
But I think like when companies like limit it and say only, well, actually no, it'll just be its own standalone title and whatnot, just in case you know it. But it's like, no, leave leave as many options out there as possible. It's not going to hurt you having as many things out there as possible for you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're actually going to move on to some questions now. Um, we've rabbited along about Yuichi Wada for long enough. Then, <laughs> you know, he was around for about 10 years, so I guess it's fair. Um, he's now the janitor. Yeah, he's now the janitor. <laughs> he did say he was going to stay on in a non-executive role. The janitor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, the first question, Spencer, do you want to take that? Um, all right, who is that from? It's from Omega Phoenix. All right, thank you. That font did not load. Uh, no. Omega Phoenix says, uh, what do you think about the fact that the Final Fantasy XIII series, unquote, uh, came out on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360? And what do you think Square Enix should release future Final Fantasy titles on both the PS4 and the next Xbox? I'm going to, like, you know, I'm not going to hide from the fact that I think that Square Enix putting Final Fantasy XIII on Xbox 360 was probably one of the dumbest decisions they've made. <sighs> No. It was. They lost so much brand sentiment because of that. They got so much they, hate. They and did, the but sales it's like they got had... in return were nothing. Yes, but it's like, I, I think they they tried to make too big of a deal out of it than they thought. And also, the, a part of that was, that was on the tail end of Microsoft trying to save Japan. And like, because like, remember there was that time for like, from like 2008 to like 2010, Microsoft was just trying to get as many RPGs exclusive oh, yeah. as possible. Oh yeah, and they all, they all bombed. But uh, exactly, but I mean, like, if they just made it like as like as stupid as brand loyalty is, like as much as people complain that Metal Gear Solid Revengeance like came out, like I guess the first one would be the HD collection. The fact that Metal Gear Solid HD collection was also on 360, yeah, there are going to be people who complain. Well, that's that's different though. I think that's this entirely different. Like Metal Gear has always been a PlayStation exclusive to start off with, but it's always been on our stuff. Like Metal Gear Two is on um, PC and Xbox. Well, yeah, and so what? And so was Final Fantasy. So that was my point. But they never made a big hey, Final deal Fantasy's about it. Final Fantasy's never done that. Yes, Final Fantasy seven VII and eight were all on PC. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. Like the, the diff- Back in those days, it was kind of except like and, and, and like console to PC exclusives are fine. They were fine until the Xbox came out because obviously it's made by Microsoft too. But the whole thing about the Final Fantasy thirteen thing was that they promised that it was going to be on the PS three exclusively. They then change yeah, their th- mind. Th- well, yeah, but that's, that's, just... that's the whole point I'm getting at. It's like, don't make a big deal about exclusivity. Because that just bites you in the foot later. If it happens to be, fantastic. If it's not, Yeah, and that's no why I'm saying it was an extremely you. dumb decision. Like, from a business perspective, it's a good decision. It, we'll never be able to know how much it actually affected sales. But if you look at, like, up until that point, any game that was multi-platform had pretty much outsold on the, PS- the Xbox on the PS3 by maybe like two to one yeah but i mean you got to think about it if they stayed exclusive you know that like six months down the line they would have released a quote-unquote better version i don't know because konami they stuck to their guns of mgs4 and that's one of the best selling no that's just that's just because that that series sold well enough that they didn't need to re-release them yeah and final fantasy 13 would have done as well it sold two million copies in japan on its own and 75 percent of the sales in the west came on the ps3 yeah, but still, Final Fantasy thirteen like was in the bargain bins in Japan less than two months after its release. The sales, like it had good first day sales, but it never had legs. That's the That's same as Japan always. Was. All of all of all Final Fantasy games will do, sell most in Japan in the first two weeks. Yeah, but it's like they were going at it with the mentality of like how it's always been. 
how like they, things are going to sell and they're going to keep selling and we're going to be able to ride this until the next thing. But no, that's not how it is anymore. I still think it was an extremely bad decision just because of the, from the perspective of they knew that Xbox people didn't want to play JRPGs. They, Microsoft yeah. just tried to force the issue. They gave Square Enix a load of money to do it and Square Enix were just like, yeah, this won't affect much. I don't think they anticipated how much hate they would receive from the decision they made. Well, and I think also at that point, it's also like a bit of Sony's fault, as along with Square Enix more than Microsoft, because at that point, well, Sony still so had their, their big head on. Well, yes, but like they, they've been so like, well, there was never any arrangement that Final Fantasy was. There was back in the PS One days, but with the PS Two uh, days, that's when it stopped. Like there was no like official thing saying we're PlayStation Three only. Maybe you only announced the PlayStation 3 version, and you might have like talked about it a bit. But going back on that, there's like there was no legal like binding. No, like, of there course was not. Back yeah. the but it's it's a whole business decision. Like you know, obviously Square Enix have done it before. They went from Nintendo to Sony, and obviously that was because of Nintendo being dicks. But and wanting to use cartridges, yeah. Hence being dicks. But the whole thing about this is that if they wanted to, if they wanted to do it, they could have done it in a much better way. And I think just because of how they went about it. Like, the other games have done it already. Like, Capcom, they started off being Xbox 360 exclusive. They said, screw you, Sony. They didn't want to really support the PS3 because the Xbox 360, in their opinion, was doing better. But they mm-hmm. changed their mind. And I think Capcom, from the way they did it, with, like, Resident Evil... Um, sorry, um, not Resident Evil. Dead, Dead Rising and Saints Row. That wasn't Capcom. But there are two examples of where it was <laughs> Xbox 360 and went PS3. Um, oh, Lost, uh, Lost Planet was the other one. Um, yes. They, it didn't really bother anyone, just because they were open about me. it. No, but they stayed. They stuck with what they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like from my perspective, it's like I spend so much money on PlayStation products because I buy the PlayStation brand, and the PlayStation brand for me represents things like the games that are exclusive to the brand, like Uncharted, Metal Gear Solid, while was Metal Gear Solid pretty much and Final Fantasy and for me it was just kind of like you know well what's the point what is the point in me buying a PlayStation 3 over an Xbox 360 yeah but that's other not than your fact- problem is it it's not my problem but if <laughs> but I I as a PlayStation user I'll admit I was pretty pissed off because I was just like well I could have easily just have gotten a spent less amount and gotten a Xbox 360 over uh, PS3, I mean, there were also and also were I don't the, have um, any more arguments. There were the rumours as well that the game was made of a lower standard yeah. because of the Xbox 360. Obviously, that's never going to be proved, but um, the Xbox 360 version is worse than the PS3 version, no matter how much they say it isn't. It is. I just... It, it's just like... It's just hurting. It's just hurting the original brand that that sort of helped them out. I, I believe in loyalty. That's only because Square Enix it's have like never what, had loyalty what to anyone, otherwise, otherwise, what is the point? I think I think it's it's more Sony's fault because I think for the PS2 they had such a monopoly and a lot of Japanese publishers especially went to them as exclusives because that was the only option they had. With Xbox was going to sell okay, yeah. but you knew you were never going to get the kind of like the amount of systems that the PS2 got will probably like never be reached again. No. That was just like the perfect mixture of right time and exactly. like, right place. Exactly. Yeah. And with the and with this generation, Microsoft were just like, well, you know, if we want to take like most Japanese companies um either well, two ways. They either said we're going to stick with Sony 
because they may like you know we believe they're going to succeed or they went oh no the Sony PlayStation 3 is not doing very well we're going to go Xbox 360 instead so um, and Microsoft kind of capitalized on that and they said well you know the, the companies that are going to go PS3 exclusive because they feel that they should Sony aren't going to give them any money to do that so if we give them some money to take the exclusivity away, it, it's it's up to Sony. If it, like, if Sony wanted to have PS Final Fantasy Thirteen as an exclusive, they should have done something about it. They didn't yeah. want to because they didn't believe they had to, and I'm sure they still thought, and they were right to think that most of the sales would come on the PS3 anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still, it it kind of sullied. I think it sullied the name. It sullied the um, the quality of the franchise. Yeah, like, it sullied the name that it has and the reputation that it has. And I think they're trying to build that back with them, like, e- even though they did a piss-poor job at it, they were at that PlayStation 4 meeting. Like, I think that's kind of their baby steps at that for Square, Yeah, at least. I guess that's the thing. It, it kind of, like, it, it, oh, I forget what it, I forget. I, I think, it's, like, sorry. and it has nothing to do with Xbox or whatever, but if they did announce the next Final Fantasy at E3 as a PlayStation exclusive, it would probably do their reputation as a company a world of good. Because most of the people that are playing on the Xbox 360 aren't like they're there because they they want to do other stuff as well and like I'd say that they if they made if they made the next generation PS4 and Xbox 720 or whatever it is I think you know it would take a long time before it kind of gets equal measure mm-hmm. um what's I guess it's just what what's better from their perspective like we still don't know what Kojima is going to do like Revengeance was on Xbox 360 obviously but he didn't really care about that game we don't know what... ooh, ooh, ooh. he he put a lot of work No into but that. you know he always said that it was like it was a secondary game. Oh, well, yeah, but that's just because he's been working on five. Exactly. We don't. I mean, he's we don't, clearly still put interest in it. I mean, he's already said like he'd love to do a sequel. He he's he's always been very core about selecting what he wants for his main properties. Mm. Revengeance wasn't a main property, which is why he, they just cared about sales really for that. But like, if you look at all his other games, he's always picked the technology to try because it can accomplish something that he wants to achieve. Like, the PS3 was picked because of the technology. The PSP was picked because of the technology. We don't know what he's going to do this generation. Like, I've I've heard rumors that he's going to stick with PS4 exclusive, but you never know. It, de- mm. it just depends what Microsoft want to do. Well, with the, stru- with the structure of all the systems that have been going around, exclusivity is going to go even less, like... Like more like of a thing now. Yeah, it's going to be a money honestly, thing. All syst- all systems are just PCs now at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be a money thing. It's it's just going to depend on how much the publishers of the consoles want that stuff on their system. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like I think um, it's obviously going to depend on market share as well. Yeah, yeah but definitely. Th- that's the whole thing about this generation. It's been fifty fifty the whole way, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're excluding Nintendo because uh, <laughs> they're not yeah. really relevant. <laughs> To be they honest, they actually have to put effort if they want to be considered. I'm sorry, Nintendo. Yeah. To be honest, I mean Sony's kind of pissing me off at the moment with the stuff that they're pulling, with the fact that like they're taking away complete um, backwards compatibility. But oh, that's dear. only because it's oh, cluttering dear. everything. Do you still have a P- uh, Do you still have a PlayStation Three in your house? I don't have a PlayStation Two, which is why I'm pissed no, off. Well, what, what's the last PS2 game you've wanted to play recently? Um, Persona Four. Okay, you uh, you have a Vita, right? I'm not buying rebuying a game that I just bought like last year for the Vita. I'm sorry. So one game. First world. Anyway, first I also yeah. have Kingdom Hearts one and two, and I'm anyway, not buying HD. So to answer the question, I don't think they should release the next Final Fantasy main series game on their Xbox. Just it, from it a brand, would, it probably would help them actually. At this point, 
what do you think spencer like overall do you do you think they should i i think i mean like it, from a revenue perspective maybe but it's not going to improve their revenue by that much. I, I mean, think. honestly, if they if they pulled the, if they pulled it off right and kind of advertised it as the next big PS3 exclusive, because while Sony's kind of been really big into that, especially what you can tell with their meeting, they don't have a lot of exclusive third party support. And by any, there, there's yeah. none at the moment. And there's In always Final Fantasy would be a big. There's one. always a massive thing about exclusives as well because there aren't that many anymore. Especially like uh-huh. a third party exclusive, everyone's like, "Whoa, this must like be good. Metal Gear Four was the last." big exclusive like no other game has been exclusive and actually mattered that much like remember people were like begging kojima for a 360 version yeah well, was well, like, uh, look at mass effect i mean big. mass effect was an xbox 360 exclusive mm. and that was massive that wasn't really that big of one because people were like well you're getting a comic they were always hinting at a releasing and heck what do you know well, not it initially released like they well, the initially first one. it was like I, th- I think the first one like it did good but it was once it, they it wasn't that big. it was once they got bought out by by EA but like Microsoft they did really well with third parties at the, the start of their console they had quite a few from Japanese ones they also had like Oblivion as an exclusive well that was more of a technical limit- like limitation than anything well the PS3 wasn't even out well th- that <laughs> and the fact that like it came out even it wasn't launch day PS3 game though uh, yeah it was what was? no I think it was near N- mm, alright not in America I know that but someone looked it up yeah technical wise <laughs> Yeah, Fallout as well. Bethesda clearly favored the PC architecture. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Lauren? Do you Fortune think, do you think it should be uh, a multi-plat again? Um, I don't. But that's only because I'm a bit biased. I, I really... I'd never have told. I know, I know. <laughs> I've just... I've always had PlayStation. I've had PlayStation since the first one. I, I, it was the first game system I bought myself. And I just... I, I don't want to go with anything else. The PlayStation, for me, it just kind of... It's sleek. It's... It's, <laughs> it's sleek. Sexy. It's sleek, and it's... Okay, it's so, so let me ask cool. you a question. Would you respect Square Enix more if they've made the decision that they made previously with Final Fantasy and that they've made with Dragon Quest, where they've just said, we're going to keep it exclusive, we're just going to change where it's at? We're going to keep it exclusive where it's at? Final Fantasy was exclusive to Nintendo. They changed it to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest was exclusive to PlayStation. They changed it to Nintendo. I don't like know. for Dragon Quest. Like Final Fantasy, it worked out great. They sold more when they went to PlayStation. Dragon Quest has gone great. They, excluding ten, we don't count that. I don't know because it's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> difficult, no especially 10. if we go if we go to buy. And obviously, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna do this anyway. But like buying the systems at like launch or like close to launch, um, you know, we're gonna have to make a decision, like pretty soon so how are we going to know like oh they're, yeah. this company is going to choose it's gonna this be an interesting the generation, 10 and 20s going to be the best the I, PS, PlayStation I, I 4 think is going to be the best I think we that don't know. next generation exclusives may come back because I don't think that either Sony or Microsoft are going to want to this, the same situation they've had this time I wonder if Microsoft's going to buy into the Blu-ray they, I think they probably. Oh will. no! They yeah, will. they're definitely going out of yeah. the way. Like all the specs that have come out, I've said that. Yeah, yeah. So they don't good. really have a choice. Sony, yeah. <laughs> Sony won that battle. Yeah, Sony. Well, Microsoft introduced I achievements and trophies. I think that's just the thing. I think I just, I don't know. I just always support Sony. I just always kind of will. Anyway, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think about that. Um, we're not going to have a burning question next episode. So if you want to just leave your responses in the in the comments, then then that'd be great. Um, yeah 
So anyway, it's been a, and it's been a very long episode. We've had yeah. lots to talk about. Um, so we're going to leave you with some interesting music to listen to to round out the show. It's a <laughs> uh, it's from an album that I actually found recently by accident. Called you know you're just going to your like, local HMV, yeah. searching through the records. Uh, you should have seen him. You should have seen him when he found it. He was just like, "This is amazing! Oh my god, Lauren! Oh my god, have you ever heard this before? Have you ever heard this before?" I'm like, "No, Daryl's." Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's because I was playing say. a track and you said I've heard this before, and I was like, "I'm pretty sure you haven't." I thought I did. <laughs> Hipster Daryl yeah, over here. Um, this just came out, dear. Sorted out. Yeah, it did actually come out like two weeks ago. But um, no, it's it's from an album called Celestia. And the song is, uh, well, it's an arrangement of Someday the Dream Web from Final Fantasy X, and it's by Maru. 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 Maru-chan. It's actually by the cat. Maru-chan. Yep. <laughs> so it just goes, meow, meow, meow. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union will come out on the 14th of May, and it's going to be our, well, this is difficult, because we were going to plan it as a, um, a Final Fantasy Thirteen Part 2 episode, but it's mm. also the pre-E3 episode. Mm. So uh, I mean, we're gonna have, who knows? We're gonna have to make some decisions about what we're gonna do yeah. with that. But anyway, there's gonna be a show out on the 14th of May, and uh, if you subscribe to the Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts podcast series on iTunes, you'll just get it automatically. Yeah. yeah. Also, rate and subscribe because like one person has done that. I, I looked at it recently. <laughs> Give us a five star review. Let's get more than one for 2013. We have loads of reviews. Yeah, but only one from 2013. Yeah, it's that's slacking. <laughs> we need new listener reviews. <laughs> anyway, if you search for Final Fantasy, uh, we are the number one show in iTunes. So it's, we're pretty easy to find. And of course, you can find all of the recent news from Final Fantasy and all the other previous episodes on FinalFantasyUnion.com. So, Lauren, Spencer. Yes, Daryl. Yeah. Yes. I uh, think it's time to say goodbye, um, unfortunately. Aww. Can we sing it? Bye-bye. No. Say it. Don't. I was going say to, it, I was going to sing the song. Time to sing. I was going to sing Bye. the song. Time to say goodbye. It's going to take five minutes, but it was going to sound lovely. Oh, I was singing um, the thing from Saturday Night Live. I don't know if anybody actually remembers that. No, but, no yeah. one does. I know. Nobody ever <laughs> remembers. You take your Sony hating and get out of not. here. It was not. Back Go buy Persona for Golden like a normal person. This was Chris Farley and Phil Hartman. I'll tell you. Both of which yeah. are dead. Yeah. Thanks for that. About as dead as that joke. Oh. <laughs> That's horrible. And her PS2. Oh. oh. That was not nice. Felt that burn through the internet. <laughs> it's all your fault, Daryl. Why did you make me move over here? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, happen. <laughs> we, we have a spare PS2 now. We do, but yeah. we have to make it work. Yep. Uh, anyway, I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and a funfanceunion.com production.